So what they do, Skippily, and welcome again to another episode of Latin and Layman's. Just doing another one here real quickly, getting into some Latin vocabulary and then diving into the meaning of said vocabulary word and then further going off and under, understanding derivatives that we see in our modern day world that come from said Latin words. So if you're interested, first off, very much would appreciate your host here being Mr. Liam Connerly little love and support at his uh, Spotify and or Apple podcast, throwing down some storage, some love, some support, anything, and everything is uh, appreciated because I am just a very grateful person regardless. Now, um, that being said, let's go ahead and get on into it. There's no real direction here today. I just have a bunch of words that I was looking at. I have some that I was thinking about that I actually don't have written down, so... I'm just going to do a, a ramble bamble random sesh here, starting off with our first word, which is uh, natrium. Natrium actually in Latin means sodium. That's why on the periodic table, we have what two letters that indicate sodium on the periodic table. Is it SO? No, it's not. It's NA, right? Because NA refers to sodium, aka it's more formal term, scientific term therefore being natrium. This is also where we get aura, A-U-R-E-A, or A-U-R-E-U-S, depending on what kind of adjective it's modifying, if it's modifying a masculine or uh, feminine noun. Uh, but gold here, A-U, well, is it gold on the periodic table, G-O? No, it is A-U, right? A-U on the periodic table is gold is, because that's where uh, we get aura from. Next one, argentum. Argentum means silver in Latin. That's why we have A-G on the periodic table. A-R is argon. So A-G is silver on the periodic table. If you didn't know, now, now you know. Uh, I messed that up on my TikTok yesterday because I was going off into argentum as well. But I wrote it down as A-R. So you know what? Hindsight's always twenty twenty, right? Well, you know what? Hopefully, uh, I'll start to get enough traction to where people will start to point out the things that I do wrong uh, because I am always receptive to that. Another one we get is HG. What is HG on the periodic table? This is actually a Greek term, by the way. HG. Can you think of what term or what element that refers to? I will tell you that it means in Greek, it stands for hydrogyrum, hydra meaning wet and gyrum referring to silver in Greek. Uh, it's, it's where we, uh, it then later becomes argentum later in Latin, but hydrogyrum, wet silver. Now, if I were to spill some mercury and put it all over the uh, table, what would it look like? wet silver because that's what hg is hg is the abbreviation for mercury it's not me or mc or my no it is hg for hydrogyrum because mercury just looks like wet silver next one we have here is going to be kalium kalium uh refers to potassium kalium that's why, well, look at it. Hopefully, you've got a periodic table in front of you now at this point because I've got you reeled in. Kalium, K, what's K on the periodic table? Hmm, looks like potassium in my opinion because kalium is the formal name for potassium in Latin. 
as you can see also if you're looking at a periodic table a lot of the endings are in like um or something like that a typical neuter nominative ending in the second declension as you can see like the later terms that you get you get like american americanium or whatever and einsteinium and uh, you know all these different ones so as you guys can see a lot of the basis for where we get our elemental terms come strictly from Latin, not Greek. Another thing, musculature, predominantly Latin, bones, predominantly Greek, right? Because acetabulum, acetabulum literally means vinegar cup. And what does your acetabulum look like? Well, it looks like this bowl. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's Greek, whereas in Latin we have vastus lateralis. Vastus means wide. Lateralis refers to of the wide, the genitive version. Or it could, oh, depending, I, I actually don't know lateral if it's going to be a third declension or a second declension. But if it was a third declension, then it would be genitive singular. Um, regardless, though, if it was a second declension, it would be either dative or ablative plural, but I'm not going to get into that because that's something that you probably don't really care about right now, right? It's okay. I'll get into that more so as we get on into the year um, because, you know, I'm going to be shifting a lot more into that grammarian mode, but let's go ahead. Let's look at another one. Do you know why we have LB for pound, why it's abbreviated as pound? Well, it's actually because we, it's where we get the word libra from. Libra in Latin means scale and or pound because a libra was about the equivalent of a pound back in late antiquity. So that's why we still refer to a pound uh, abbreviated as LB, even though you probably didn't know. Now you know. Also why your, uh, your image um, as a libra are, uh, is a scale. Leo means lion. That's why there's a lion there. Cop copra means goat. That's why you got Capricorn. Cancer means crab. You get a crab. There you go. You see what I'm what I'm getting at here? Insula. Insula. Insula means island in Latin. Insula is where we get the word insulated. This is also where we get peninsula. This is where we get not quite insulated. It's insulated all on but one side. And an island itself is insulated uh, by water because water is all around an island. That's the way that I like to remember it. Opto optare means to choose in Latin, a first conjugation verb. Um, the way that I remember this, well, opto doesn't look a lot like choose, but it certainly looks a lot like optical because I choose what usually, typically, and most often, if you are... Uh, not blind, you're probably choosing with your optical, your eyes, and or when you are choosing something, you're given options, right? That's where we also get the word. Voco, vocare, this is where we get the word vocal. It's where we get vocation. It's where we get um, vocative as well. Amica, our next word, amica meaning friend. This is where we get amicable. This is where we get amiable, which also means friendly. This is where we get amigo as well in Spanish. Amigo is just the Spanish form of amica or amicus, uh, depending on if it's a male or female friend. Next one we have is mala. Mala meaning bad. This is where we get the term malice. Maleficent, probably, I would assume. That's what I think about. All the way back when I used to watch all those Disney movies, a little kitty kitty kitty. 
Um, that was weird how I said that. Uh, it's also where we get malaria. We get maladaptive, mal meaning bad, adaptive, referring to adaptation, which means bad adaptation. You're not being able to adapt. Uh, malabsorption, you have bad absorption, aka you're not absorbing all the nutrients as you eat. I actually have a problem with this. Um, that's why it's hard for me to gain weight sometimes. Uh, with you know certain people that t deal with typical GI issues, a lot of the time, no matter what, even the things that you eat, sometimes it's not about what you eat. It's about what your body can utilize and assimilate and utilize those said nutrients, micro and macro, in order to fuel and uh, nourish your body and keep it satiated and all that good stuff. But um, yeah, you know, uh, typical things for malabsorption, you're going to see maybe like some oil in your stool. I know this is kind of gross, but you know what? It is the body and you should understand it. And it shouldn't be such a taboo stigmatized thing because it just is what it is. And there is just more and more rampant chronic illness coming about more and more. So might as well talk about it now. Might as well tell my story. Maybe somebody else out there relates and they're like, well, hey, Liam, you know, I deal with those kind of similar things. Are there any ways that you've helped to in mitigating or, you know, because at the end of the day, when you deal with chronic health issues, your body becomes this, this, um, this plastic Play-Doh structure that you have to mold and you have to you have to uh, manipulate and you're doing a lot of ting, ting, ting. You're doing a lot of sculpting, but in a different way. You're trying to sculpt what works best for you on a day-to-day -day life so that you feel your best, so that you can perform your best and do as much as you can with what life you have on this world, right? Why would I want to be on this world to be a lazy piece of poop and do nothing with my life? That's just not me. Some people are. I've been there at some point in my life through depressive episodes or not having a lot of purpose in my life and stuff like that. But I always relate back or rather um, reflect, sorry, on those situations in my life, those times in my life where I felt like that. And what I realized is that once I got out of that, I didn't want to go back. But when I was in it, it was hard for me to see past it. It's hard, hard to see myself outside of this this darkness, this cloud, this foggy, this hopelessness, but it's all about proving to yourself that you can at the end of the day. And that's why I tell everybody that it's all about confidence. It's not about knowing. It's not about being smart. It's about being confident in yourself in order to tackle something, no matter how uh, petrified it makes you, or just being willing to uh, fail. Because failing is such a beautiful thing. I think we're so, so terrified, so petrified by failing. I used to be for so long. I always used to expect myself to be perfection. Per meaning through fact, referring to um, make, coming from facio. Perfect means made through, made through. AKA made through, uh, I guess on all facets, AKA you, you, you whatever regardless though you can have a facilitated version of um and facilitated coming from facile meaning easily or a maladaptive form of perfectionism right you can either walk into a room uh or walk into a new class or a new situation, something that you're entirely new with and have an, a maladaptive perfectionist mentality where you expect yourself to be as perfect at that, no matter what, even though you've never done it before. 
I used to believe that all the time. I used to be believe that I needed to be perfect at anything and everything that I did, no matter what. And if I wasn't, then I was very, very upset at myself and shameful of myself. That's not the case, right? You got to fail in order to get to that point where you start to succeed more. Failure is important because what I tell my students at the end of the day, the day is, hey, you got it wrong. That's all good. No problem. All good in the hood because now we know what's wrong and now we can talk about what's right. And then we can put the things that are both right and wrong. And now we just know a little bit more and we can put that back into our uh, little handy dandy uh, notebooks or whatever minds or back pockets for us to sift through later on. But seldom do we actually appreciate that. Because we don't, we say wrong too often. No, that's wrong. Why do we have to say it like that? Why, why can't we reframe it and be like, you know what? Sorry, brother. It's all good. My turn here. And instead, the answer to that question is skibbity-bibbity-bop rather than bibbity-bibbity-bop. And, um, and it's all good. Because at the end of the day, what I want everybody to know is that I get things wrong all the time. Everybody else gets things wrong all the time. Even the smartest man in the world, Elon Musk, uh, who I don't think he's the smartest man in the world by any means, but he's starting to realize about all his crypto nonsense as well as, you know, making a mistake and trying to uh, buy out Twitter and that kind of stuff. We all make mistakes. We all make failures. And we all have to rectify those failures some way, shape, and form or reflect on that so we don't know or we know how to not do it in the future. That's all just empowers us more, gives us more information, more data as I like. It's just information to take in and to think about because there is no bad information, inf information. It just informs us on how we can, we can be water regardless. I'm kind of done because as I've realized, I've kind of gotten into a little bit of a ranty rant at the end of this episode. But if you learn something new from all of this periodic table stuff, then I urge you to go ahead. Firstly, show me some love. Secondly, show me some more love and then check out some more episodes of mine. And then, you know, all's good in the world. Appreciate you guys. You guys rock. You're all Awesome. I love my etymologizers, my omnes, my discipoli. Thank you again so very, very much. Tempus est discedere, everybody.